Hello, 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 everyone. Peace and blessings to you. This is Dr. Wendy Rhodes on the You Are Not Your Trauma Show. And right now, we have a special guest, Mrs. Alana Watts, and she is here and she's going to share with us a way in which God has showed her that it was time for her to move forward. But at this time, we're going to try and do this intro. Be right back. Yes, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in here today. Gonna go for this countdown and then she's coming right in. Hello, everybody. Again, this is Dr. Wendy Rose, and I am your host tonight on the podcast, You Are Not Your Trauma. Our special guest today is Alana Watts, and you are going to be so blessed with her story today. Oh, God. We thank you guys for tuning in, and here she is. I'm bringing her forth, and she's going to tell you all about herself. Hello. Uh-oh. Dr. Wendy. How are you? I'm doing well, Dr. Wendy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come on You Are Not Your Trauma Show today. And I am going to leave you with our guest today so you can tell them all about yourself. And then we'll come back and we're going to dig in deeper, okay? Yes, ma'am. Well, great evening, everyone. Um, I am Ilana Watts. And I am originally a Norfolk, Virginia native. I am a 757 girl, um, born and raised. I am a graduate from, uh, from Grambling State, the Grambling State University, a 2008 alumni um, political science degree. Um, and I am now a child care provider. I have been in this child care game for almost seven years. Uh, I absolutely love what I do. I'm a travel nanny. Um, pet sitter. I mean, anything that pertains to child care, <laughs> I do it. I love serving God. I love serving um, my families, both um, blood related and non-blood related. Um, I absolutely just enjoy what I do. And I am also um, a part of Transforming Faith International, where um, it's an online ministry. Uh, where Dr. Andrew Patton and his amazing wife, Lady Sherry Patton, are pastors, and I give, uh, gotta shout them out, and so shout out also to my family, my mommy, my sister, my sugar pop nephew, and everyone that will be tuning in. God bless you all, and thank you, Dr. Wendy, again for the opportunity. Listen, 
I'm going to tell you, you have to be some kind of special type of person to be a nanny, like a live-in nanny. Wow. Tell me this, what made you become, what happened that that drew you to become a nanny of all things? (laughs) I love sharing the story. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it was really um, during the shift where God was um, shifting me and positioning me in, in his perfect will. Um, I was staying in a homeless shelter back in 2016. And um, that was the year my father passed away um, in March. And and that was a rough time too. And so at that time, I took a job. Now to go back a, just a teeny bit, what brought me to Louisiana from Virginia was I was used to work for the state. I used to work for the Department of Revenue and uh, in the collections department. And I told God that day while I was sitting at my desk when you know the customer flow wasn't heavy at all, I said, God, I want to live in your will. That's when the job layoff happened, car repossession, <laughs> eviction, everything. And um And so fast forward back to 2016, when I was living in a homeless shelter, um, like I said, I took a job that I wasn't supposed to take. I've worked at a law firm and it was like, it was as if God whipped out that belt. And those people like, what did I tell you? I told you after June 28, 2013, working a nine to five is done for you. It's over. And so after I left that job, because it was just nothing but craziness on that job from the day I started to the day I left. And so when I left a few weeks after um, I left that um, job, that's when um, God shifted me into the childcare because a couple of the mothers at the shelter asked me if I could wash their children. And so ever since then, I've been, um, I started out as a babysitter. Then my family in Louisiana, God used them to shift me into that nanny role. Um, and it's been on the, on a roll ever since. And now I'm traveling to you know, different states to serve families and love on them with the love of Christ. Listen, one thing that we know about God is he's very strategic, very, very strategic, because who'd have thought you was going to be in a homeless shelter watching other people, kids, and God showed you, give you the vision and show you this is what you're going to do. And people actually trust you with their kids. That's, um, that's a blessing within itself. And that goes back to our title here. Our title today is Knowing When to Walk Away. Just knowing when to walk away. What does that mean to you? Like in your life, what have you had to truly walk away from? That is so loaded. Wow. Um, To me, knowing when to walk away is, uh, I always, I tell people, we all have a breaking point. Um, the Bible talks about better is in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's seven to eight, better is the end of a thing than, than, than the beginning thereof. And so <clears throat> that day, like, for example, that day that I told God I wanted to be in his will, that was the end. That was a death walk that I made from what I want into what God wants, into his will. And so, um, you know, knowing to when to walk away and say, you know what, my way is not working out. You know, I have all this craziness going on. Nothing is working out. My plans aren't working because for the longest I wanted to be an attorney. And I spent hundreds of dollars on LSAT prep courses, this, that, and the other. 
taking a test and just not doing well at all, get, applying to law schools, not getting into them. And, and I'm just like, okay, God, what is going on? And that's when God had to sit me down and say, this is not what I have for you. So I had to know when to walk away from what Ilana wants into what God wants. I had to trade, make that death um, decision of dying to what Ilana wants or what God wants. So when you know when to, so I knew when it, when it was time because nothing wasn't working out and my plans weren't going well at all. So that's when I knew uh, when it was time to walk away. Listen. It's so many times in our lives that we want to just do what we want to do. But when what we're trying to do don't work, then what else can we do but turn to God? A foolish man won't turn to God, but a person that wants, you know, God's will for their life is going to be like, listen, God, I need you to direct my path because what I'm doing is not working. This is not working. I think we had a conversation um, about, we talked about transitioning in ministry. You know, we had a conversation about transitioning in ministry. And sometimes it can be a hard thing, you know, because we want what we want. We want to stay, even if it means us being stagnant. It's like, eh, you know, do I stay? Do I go? Well, you know what? This is where I'm comfortable at. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Just tell me about that. Ooh. I know it. I, I know I'm shooting some loaded guns at you, that but right. you can unload them. You can, you can do it. You can do it. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? Tell us about following God's direction when it came to making those decisions. Yes, ma'am. That's uh, it. Yes, ma'am. So um, that this whole transition, it, transitioning, especially ministries, that could be like one of the hardest transitions that I believe a believer can go through because it's like, God, I really do like it here, but God, I also know that if I stay, I'm going to spiritually die. Like I will become a spiritual zombie. And so I went through different transitions of ministry um, beginning around 2010. Yeah, because it was right before the first one began not long, not, be, not, long, not long before I transitioned to Louisiana. So, but I'm going to talk about this one when I was in, um, Louis, when I was living in Louisiana. So I was attending a ministry when I first moved to Baton Rouge. And because uh, now I live in Atlanta, I, I forgot to mention that I live in Atlanta, Georgia now. And um, the ministry there, it was a good ministry. I uh, went there with a friend, a college friend, and I absolutely loved the church. Like it was a small church, you know, it was very, you know, family oriented, that family atmosphere. I love ministries like that. And so I joined. Uh, without consulting God, first of all. Let me start there. I didn't consult God at all. That was <laughs> red flag number one for me. I didn't consult God. And so, but I did consult my past, my former pastor, now former pastor, um, back in back home in Virginia, because of course I was still a member of that ministry. So I was in order, you know, I told him, I said, Well, I said, hey Bishop, I said, I found a church down here. 
Um, I say, you know, if you can release me, you know, you and Lady Jones release me with your blessing. Hey, you know, uh, and I told him the, the ministry name, the pastor and his wife's name and uh, the location of the ministry. And he released me with his blessing. And so not long after I joined it, because I joined there January 2012. God said, you won't be there long. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, but um, my former pastor was connected to this recent former pastor that I came from under. And that ministry um, was, his spiritual father's um, ministry was large, is a large ministry. And uh, when God was starting to deal with me about transitioning to that ministry, I was wrestling with God about it. I was like, dang, I was like, look, no, 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 Jacob. I was like, God, mm -mm. I said, you know, I do not like large churches. This ain't it. I, I don't know who, who going there, but I'm not going there. But so um, when I knew it was, uh, it was time for me to walk away from the smaller ministry, Things were starting to get a little tough. Uh, at that time, by that time, I my I didn't have a vehicle, so because I had already given it back in a repossession, voluntary repossession months prior. So I was getting rides from people in the ministry, and so when that was starting to stop, um, then I wasn't. Um, then God had me to pull back from the praise team because I was on the praise team. I was also serving with the other ministers um, because my former pastor did recognize and acknowledge my um, licensure from my um, home church back in Virginia. And so I'm like, oh boy. So when I transitioned to his spiritual father's ministry, it was a smooth run until the enemy just really just didn't like it because I knew God had sent me there because um, God was starting to deal with me and reveal to me some things about the ministry. And even the pastor, and even what my assignment is there. And so um, things were starting to really get hot <laughs> because um, the enemy didn't like the fact that God had sent me there. And so that's when I really started to really have open eyes to what spiritual abuse looks like, uh, looked like. And, um, you know, I know people like to call it church hurt, but it's really spiritual abuse. And so things were just really, just really rough. It was really rough. And so, um, but once God vindicated me and through Christ Jesus, I overcame that around, I want to say 2017, that's when God was starting to detach me and disconnect me from the ministry because I didn't realize it then, fully then, but God was preparing my exodus in March 8, 2020, right before, you know, the churches and everything shut down. And so God started, he told me, he said, disconnect. He said, he said, do not do children's church anymore. He said, that's done. I relinquished um, children's church. Then now I wasn't going to church as much on Sundays and on Wednesdays for that Bible, for the Bible study. And then, and then plus I just started getting emotionally and spiritually detached from the ministry because um, God revealed that I was on spiritual life support because of what was taught, what was being taught there. Some of the things that were being taught there, it was like having spiritual McDonald's. <laughs> right. <laughs> <That's> a, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so once that left, it, once God made that exit March, March 8th, that was it. 
But you know what? I'll say I can say this is that I can commend you for um, for walking away because so many times when we look, I can look back on my childhood and growing up in the family church. I'll use the family church as an example. Growing up in the family church, we're all expected to go to the family church and stay there like grandma yes. and them did. Yes. But the problem is, is staying there, you spiritually die. Mm -hmm. Because most people, not most people, I'll say some people don't learn or learn how to apply that Bible to their lives mm -hmm. because now you're just sitting in tradition. Right. You're just sitting in tradition. But I, one thing I always say is that there is a reason, a season, or a lifetime for a place, a person, or a thing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to it, when it comes to your spiritual growth, Sometimes there's a reason why God had you there. Yeah. Sometimes there's a season that God has you there. And then sometimes you may not be there a lifetime, but you may be affiliated in some kind of way. Yes, but in order to grow, you got to go. Yes. That is you so got to go. <clears throat> you cannot grow staying in one place stagnation so how do we choose to how can we grow in God if we stay if we stay knowing that all the signs are there and God's like hey over here talking to you hey you the one that's not listening to me you about to get beat up in here because right. I'm leaving you because I ain't here and that's usually the, the case so many of these uh, churches can be so spiritually bound mm -hmm. or even looking at um, looking at the, the head pastor like he's God himself. That whole part, yeah. And this ain't to rip nobody's church apart or nobody's right. pastor apart, but it's just the fact that we have to be aware that the one that we supposed to have in the forefront or the one that we supposed to cherish and praise is God and not man. That's right. Not man. It's God. It's a God thing. Mm -hmm. It's a God thing. You know, you stepped out on faith and you moved. When you moved to Atlanta this last time, when you moved to Atlanta, what was that like just really truly stepping out on faith and doing that like how was that faith walk like what was that like for you oh it was heavy because um god started dealing with me about atlanta back in 2019 and you know i'm like okay well you know so obviously there's ministry work there you know i kept praying about it and seeking the lord about it um and around, I want to say 2020, 2021, that's when God started giving me the other part that, hey, you're going to relocate to Atlanta. And now that was like, I'm like, God, oh, uh-uh. I said, God, I already relocated. 
you know, from Virginia to, you know, Louisiana. I said, God, I cannot do this again. <laughs> you know, but like Jesus said, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will. I said, okay, Lord. It's <laughs> not my will. And so how God, because I knew the brook was drying up in Louisiana. Things were getting tough. Um, it was getting really, really rough, like very rough. And so God made a way of an escape. He made that exodus for me to leave Louisiana when my family that I served in Florida reached out to me and said, hey, we want to fly you out to watch our children. That was my way of escape. And so when that part of that travel nanny um, assignment ended, I said, okay, God, where am I going? Am I going back to Louisiana or am I, are you going to release me to go to Georgia, Atlanta? Because I said, God, I know if I go back, then I know I will be going back to the droplet. And I may not only spiritually die, but <laughs> probably put myself in the path of being in the, in the path of premature death because I would have been out the wheel. And so God released me to come to Atlanta so I paid a $33 ticket um, via um, Spirit Airlines. <laughs> and on my mom's birthday of October 27th, now my mom didn't even know. My sister knew, but my mom didn't know. I um, took a red-eye flight and left and moved here to Atlanta. And it hasn't always been easy. When I got here, it hasn't always been easy. However, God told me on October 23rd, before I left Florida, he said, every need is met. So I've been here almost four months, and God met every need. He, are, he allowed me to serve a family here, but God said, after that family, after that, that quick assignment, he said, that's it. He said, because Georgia is going to be your R&R. After you come back from Florida and other places I send you, he said, that's it. So it really took a heavy faith move because I called my mom on her, I was like, happy birthday. You know, she was like, thank you, baby. You know, and she was like, well, what you up to? I said, I don't know. I said, I just, I just moved to Atlanta. So I'm trying to, you know, get situated. My mom was like, wait, what? <laughs> but it really takes, you know, you know, a lot of faith. And I'm one of the ones God has given the gift of faith to. So when you have that gift of faith, you believe beyond the mustard seed. Like you just have this crazy faith as my former pastor um, calls it. And so it really took some crazy faith. And I sit here many a times, I'm like, God, what did what did you just let me do? <laughs> what did you just let me do, release me to do? But uh, ever since, you know, it's just been a journey with the Lord and I love it. Like I absolutely, you know, love this, this faith journey that he has me on. Listen, I'm going to tell you, one thing I can say is, you see that comment where God guides, he provides? Amen. Wherever he leads you, you best be believing you don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah. If you start worrying, it's just because you want to worry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, being able to just take that leap of faith, just taking that leap of faith by itself, it says a lot. It says a lot. I've had to do it. I've had to say, God, if it's your will, then guide me. 
opened some doors. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. I left Cleveland, Ohio and moved here to Nashville, Tennessee mm. in 2009 with a hundred dollars in my pocket and my baby girl with me before I left. I put my things in a storage and I didn't even know if I was going to be able to afford it. And the lady told me when I called, name your price. Wow. I said, if I told you one dollar then would you get it? Give it to me for a dollar. She said, "You just named your price. It's a dollar." Mm. Like I said, asking God to open doors, and if it's His will, He'll open the doors. I said to the lady, "I have to go and get a truck so I can get my things in here." She said, "You don't have to. We got a truck right here that you can use." Mm. Now. It's so much more to that, that God kept opening doors and he kept putting people in my path to bless us. Yeah. But it was just the fact, just like I put here, knowing when to walk away. Yeah. Walk away from the things that seems like it's normal. God yeah. wants to take you away from what's normal, what's considered to be normal. Sometimes he need to get you by yourself so that you can see you the way that he sees you. Yes, ma'am. You know? So, I mean, you have been obedient and you have followed God's, God's guidance in, in showing you several times of being able to walk away, several times of watching his hand move in your life. Yeah. And that's amazing. $33 for an airline ticket. Yes, wow. I even had to walk away from some relationships, too. Not just romantic relationships, but also platonic. Because those, what, like you were just saying, we considered it normal, you know, to be in these, some of these toxic, you know, relationships. And when you, when God pulls you out of those relationships, you look at it like, what in the world was I thinking? to even entertain that from the jump and to even have a nerve to say this was God, like God was all, it, it wasn't him, it was another God, but it wasn't him. You, you know what, even think about this, even right now as God is transitioning our lives, God is removing people. Yeah. It may not even be the fact of us even walking away, but God is pulling them because they're in the way of what he's trying to do in our lives. Right. So that makes all the difference in the world. He will remove people that we don't see that are trying to attach themselves to us. Because sometimes these vultures, and I will call them vultures, they will see what you carry. They will see who you are. And they say, let me get on some of that. Let me get some of that. Because she too stupid to see what she got. So I'm going to cling on. 
Mm. I'm going to cling on and I'm going to try to get some of that. But let me tell you something. A fool I am not. A fool you are not. We are blessed and highly favored in the Lord. And we listen to what he tells us and he show us people. God has given us a strong sense of discernment that we have to use. And if we don't use it, then shame on us because Holy Spirit will say every single time you have a strong sense of discernment, use it. Yes. People are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Do not, and I repeat, do not turn reason and season people into lifetime people unless you want to die. Mm. Do not turn these reason and season ministries into lifetime ministries unless you want to die. Do not turn these jobs that are reason and season jobs into lifetime jobs unless you want to die. And when I tell you, Marie, <laughs> don't keep them past the expiration date. Yes. Prime, prime example is a gallon of milk. Yes, that gallon of milk is so good when you first start on it. When you get that cold glass of milk with that chocolate, them chocolate cookies, them chocolate chip cookies, they be so good. Then you start looking at the expiration date. Then what you do? You start sniffing the top the closer it get to that date. Now they got to the date yet, but you sniff the top and you say, okay, it's almost smelling a little sour around its rim a little bit, but the milk is still good, right? Hmm. You go in there one day and you decide you want a bowl of cereal, but the expiration date is still kind of good on there. And you only got like a day left and I'm like, mm, I can get me a nice bowl of cereal about it is, right? Huh. Well, guess what? You done pulled your bowl of cereal and you done tried to pull that milk over in there, even though it smelled a little bad. Mm. Then you start getting them little chunks on the bottom. The expiration date has already come and it's really getting bad. You ain't going to eat them cereal. You're going to throw them out. You can't keep it past the expiration date. There's no way, there is no how that you want to keep it past the expiration date. That's just like these relationships. She said, it'll mess up your belly. <laughs> yeah. Mess you up spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, all least that you're going to get messed up. <laughs> Yes. Mentally, physically, financially, psychologically, you will get messed up if you don't know when to walk away. Who was that? Kenny Rogers? You gotta know when to hold him. Yeah. Know when to hold him. <laughs> know when yes. to walk away. Know when to run. Let me tell you how many times I'd have put them tennis shoes on and I'd have ran. 
Now, walking away is when God then gave you warning. But when you didn't already stepped your foot over in the wrong area, then that's when you start running because you're like, uh-uh, no, no, this ain't right. This ain't right over here. Right, exactly. But I'm so thankful that you was able to come in today. But I am going to slide out of the way and I'm going to let you um, talk to our people and give them some like final tips. Just give them some final tips or just something that's on your heart, something that God has placed on your heart for his people today. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, thank you again, Dr. Wendy, for this amazing opportunity. I truly enjoyed the interview. Uh, to those who may be listening live or on the replay, I just want you to know, um, don't be afraid to walk away. When you get that unction, that, that quickening in your spirit, to leave, go ahead and leave. Because the longer you stay, the longer you delay, and you hold up God's hand from what He has, what He wants to release. It's already been released in the spirit realm, but you're out of position. You got to make that pivot. Because if you don't make that pivot, you're going to sabotage. And so, <clears throat> I just want to encourage you guys to just. Um, be bold and to walk away because also when you walk away that there are people that are waiting to hear how God gave you the strength and the boldness to walk away because they're in that position. Well, how do I leave? How do I get away from this? This doesn't seem impossible, but because of the God of the impossible that we serve, your story will set them free because he was the one that set you free. The Bible is very clear in John 8, 36, whom the son sets free is free indeed. There have been times where um, God spared me from marrying the wrong person because of what was connected, what's connected to that person and not even that, but their, their families too. It was a whole death trap waiting, but God. And so I thank God for the exodus. I thank God for the way he's made because also too, when you know when to walk away, you know when to, you're also releasing an idol because sometimes when the, the longer we hold on to some, that thing becomes an idol. And idolatry is so subtle that we don't know that has become an idol until the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. So make that pivot and let God give you the boldness and the strength to walk away. I'm praying for you. I love you. And remember that God loves you. I love you. And Jesus saves you. Be blessed. Thank you again for coming on here today, Alana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you. you. Love you. Too. Love you. Love you. Love you. I'm going to um, close this out here and we are going in the back and we are going to let the music play for us. Yes.
thank you guys again for joining us on You Are Not Your Trauma with Dr. Wendy Rhodes. Peace and blessings be unto you and your family. Thank you and have a blessed night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.